All right, Pittsburgh, this is the Death Star here, and you are listening to MMA Fancast. Tune in. Welcome to the show. My name's Luke, and today I'm joined uh, by a special guest, Cheyenne Hall. Cheyenne, welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm very excited to have you on the show. We've had you on the show before, but that was before we were doing video. So this is the first video show we've been able to do uh, with you, which is super exciting. Um, but it's also exciting because you're the first person in MMA fighters I've ever interviewed who fought intentionally on their birthday um, <laughs> and you took an MMA fight on your birthday. So let's jump into that. When did you, when did you say yes it is? How did you set up an MMA fight on your birthday? <laughs> on accident. Uh, I feel like that's happened a couple times. Um, I fought two years ago, like two days after my birthday on the cowboy fight card. Okay. And <laughs> I don't know why I choose to do this every time, but um I had a fight scheduled in December in Duluth, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. That one got canceled, just like everything else in 2020. <laughs> and um, so I was just looking for something else. And Premier had something set up for the end of January. And it just happened to be on my birthday, which was a Saturday. So the guy was like, you want to fight on your birthday? I was like, well, yeah, I don't really know what else I'm going to do. So <laughs> listen, I got one of those bad birthday times anyways, though. Like, I don't, you can't get a, run out the pool on your birthday. No. No, you can't do nothing. It always snows that time too, usually. Didn't this year. Now, I've known people, to get sidetracked for a second, I've known people have had winter birthdays and they celebrate their half birthday to get it in the summer. I'm going to do. That's what I've talked about starting to do because mm -hmm. that's way smarter. Yeah. You get yeah. sunshine. There you I remember go. being like a little kid and that's my dog. I remember being a little kid and uh, people couldn't come to my birthday party unless their dad had four-wheel drive. It was the worst. <laughs> That is, that is great. That's hilarious. Um, I'm an identical twin. So every birthday I've spent was stolen from me by my twin brother. I'm saying that as a joke, of course, we love each other, but we, we never really, we always kind of had a share of the day, you know, because that's what being a twin is. So I don't really have <laughs> a lot of cool, fun uh, birthday stories, although being a twin with him is incredible. But anyhow, so you, you, you took this fight. Now, jumping back to min the Minnesota card, um, how many cards or fights have been canceled because of COVID that you've been at least on or interested in? Because obviously this has been the last year or so that we've been dealing with this. Um, <laughs> four, I think. Yeah. Four, if I'm counting the one from March that okay. got canceled. But I, but I didn't end up waiting in for that one, so it was fine. But um, I remember Ryan was going to find me somebody at like 135 or something. Yeah. I'd have waited at 135 and not got to fight out of it. So sad. <laughs> yeah, you really upset. yeah, that's uh that, that's kind of the year that it's been is obviously I do commentary for uh Ryan uh Middleton's 247 fighting championship and that card got canceled the day of in March. And then that really just started the whole pandemic response. Um and before this fight that was on Saturday on your birthday, your last actual MMA fight um was for Ryan July of 2019. Um, and so we'll go first to how did the fight go Saturday? We'll walk through that and then we'll talk a little bit about your progression as a fighter. Um, I got my first TKO. That was pretty cool. Oh, uh, it was in the first round. So that was, that was fun. Yeah. And, um, I liked fighting in Kentucky. That's the first time I've ever fought there. So they've got some, some good rules. Um, they allow head kicks and stuff. So it was a good okay. experience fighting down there. Did they allow, did they allow, um, ground and pound? You didn't use it. It kind of got TKO'd before that, but I was curious. 
Yes, they do. Uh-huh. They uh, they do everything except elbows, I think. I um, actually didn't know that you could do knees to the head until I got down there in the rules meeting. And they were like, oh, yeah, you can do knees to the head. So wow. I didn't even train those, but that would have been cool to know for training camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Next time. Next time. Next time. Well, that actually brings up on this show, I brought it up a lot because people people just assume, assume MMA is what they see in the UFC, which is true if it's professional, but it's yeah. not true fully because of some of the other limitations. And Pennsylvania, as you know, you've been fighting under the novice amateur rules in Pennsylvania, and that is very handicapped to strikers, um, as you are well aware. Um, it, really, <laughs> it really limits strikers. So let's talk about that. Your last fight that you had in uh, for 247 fighting championship, you got the decision when it was a great fight. I loved calling it. It was great seeing you. Um, but I remember she was very heavy on trying to grapple and trying to clinch. And obviously with limited strikes, what, what do you think? Um, how do you think more strikes helps you? Because obviously compare your fight for 247 in July of last year to the fight that you just had on your birthday, because it looked like the result was still a win, which is great, but a much faster win when you have a little bit more striking arsenal. Yeah, I mean, you just have more access to more weapons and it kind of changes how you train too. Um, like I didn't train any head kick stuff for that other fight just because I didn't want to like get in the moment and then forget that I'm not allowed to do head kicks. And then yeah. I'm just like, Oh, sorry. You know, <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it changes just how you, how you train and like the combinations you can set up and different things you can do. Um, and ground and pound is a huge, huge thing too. That's a huge aspect of the game that like, I mean, you've got to train that to get good at it and to positionally know where you can do it and where you can't. So anytime you go to the ground under those novice rules, it's like you're just you're doing jujitsu and shin guards at that point, and mm-hmm. it's not that fun. <laughs> I, I guess the one thing to point out with the jujitsu when it's uh, when it's in a very limited in Pennsylvania and amateur rules to bring some people up to speed, you can land ground strikes, but only if they're below the clavicle, um, and it leads to what you probably are aware. But I always point this out because it changes the game. People on the ground end up doing this type position, which you never see in pro, because if you did this in pro, you'd be unconscious within <laughs> yeah. seconds. And I do think it, and you're, you're agreeing, I do think it leads unintentionally, because the Pennsylvania rule set is just to keep people safe. I get that. Right. But it unintentionally yeah. leads people to change the way they fight, you know, because doing this doesn't make any sense unless you're in an, in a very specific rule set. Um, but I have seen the jujitsu people that are very good at jujitsu being thrown off a little bit by the, by the shin guards because there's certain moves, particularly yes. triangles and arm bars that they might feel more comfortable doing without shin guards because the shin guards make it harder. So we, so in a way that might balance it a little bit, but it's certainly tough. But getting back to it, you, you, uh, you went out to Kentucky. What was it like being kind of so far away from home fighting-wise? Um. I really liked it, kind of. I we I didn't have I didn't have as many people in the crowd there. I still had quite a few people that made the trip, which was cool. Um, but it was I don't know. It's just kind of like you're removed, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I like I love fighting close to home, but it's like nobody's texting you, like asking you where to park when you're yeah. in the oh, locker yeah. room. <laughs> like, it was just kind of nice to. It was like I was just out there with like my team, and um, I had a great experience cutting weight there too. Um, I found. I always pick my hotel rooms based on like hot tub availability. <laughs> so I ended up finding one that was like a bed and breakfast, which ended up being haunted. That was cool. That was an accident. So <laughs> next time I'll maybe check the records first. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I really liked, and I really liked their whole, the rule sets and um, 
it would be cool to be able to use elbows. I don't think you can do that anywhere in, except Virginia around here, but. Yeah, um, yeah, Virginia's the one, and you obviously know it, but Virginia's the one in, in local, well, sort of local, that is their amateur rules are their pro rules, which yeah. is not, it's kind of strange that they say it that way, but yes, you're excited about that. Most people are like, what the heck is going on in yeah. Florida, uh, in Virginia, but that is, but that is funny to kind of see the different rule sets. Mm -hmm. um, you just brought up how much of a relief it is in some ways to fight out of the area because you don't have to deal with um, some of the fan questions like you were saying, where to park. And I'm just going to relate you to a second to Stipe Miocic, the greatest heavyweight MMA champ of all times, because when he fought, I don't know if you know his story, but when he fought and defended um, several years ago in Cleveland, which he's from Cleveland, he's a firefighter in Cleveland, but anyhow, he, he fought in Cleveland and he was the main event defending his heavyweight UFC belt against um, Overeem. And anyhow, afterwards, he won first round uh, knockout, but afterwards he said he's never going to fight in his hometown again because of the <laughs> amount of pressure of yeah. people asking him for tickets and people wanting all these different things that he doesn't have to deal with when he fights in Brazil, other places. So it does kind of make sense um, that you can just focus on fighting. And obviously a shout out to Premier MMA for being able to put on a show. Um, how many fans were there? It wasn't a closed uh, fight. It was 25% capacity. So um, I don't know how many that translates to in actual people in seats, but um, whatever 25% of that place was. And it was pretty big. Um, the show was really well run. They did a great job. It was their first show back since COVID. So, yeah. Well, with all that, and I think they got a new, uh, they had a new commission guy to step into. So it was like all brand new, but they did great. So. Yeah, congratulations to them. And they had 15, they had 15 fights on the card, which is another thing that's so nice to see. Um, I know Ryan Middleton can't wait to get 247 back, but Pennsylvania is different. They have different rules. Yeah. Um, they have different limitations and different things. So obviously state by state. Um, what did it once you got the win, um, did it then dawn on you that you that you had kind of a very cool moment to get a win on your birthday? Um, or did it take a little bit longer to to kind of realize not only did you get a win, your third MMA win, but you also have like sort of a lifetime achievement of getting a win on your birthday. Yeah, I completely forgot it was my birthday most of the time. <laughs> like almost that whole week. People kept being like, oh, it's your birthday this week. What are you going to do? And they like didn't know that I had stuff going on. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's my birthday. I don't know. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> but um, then the the uh, the ring announcer, he came up to interview me afterwards. And he's like, and it's your birthday. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I kind of forgot until afterwards. And then, uh, you know, his thank it after, after it was all over. Yeah. That's, but. that's a pretty cool experience. It's something. And when we, when we had you on the show before you were talking about how cool training MMA has been for you. Um, you're super educated. You got a great job. You're a, a pharmacist. And so you do, um, the training for really for the love of it, which is the official word for that's where we get the term amateur. It's for the love of, um, and, and that's why the Olympics were to be amateurs for the love of the sport. Um, a little bit of history there. Isn't that interesting? Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. so you are doing it for the love of, and talk to me about that. Cause you did a, um, a Facebook post a couple of days after your, your fight. Um, and you're really talking about what training's like, um, and what the what the uh, rewards are for training. So what what is your theory on training and how how is it for you for training? Um, 
so I get, well, I guess everybody is, does this for a different reason. I, I started out, you know, we've all got something that we, we do it for, but I, I started out doing it because I wanted to learn just like some self-defense stuff. Um, I've had some situations come up in my past where that would have been nifty to know. <laughs> um, and so I, I got into competing and then um, I like, I just loved it. So I just like started, it was really great for like my mental health. Um, I struggle with depression sometimes. So it really helps with that. I mean, if I'm out of the gym for more than a couple of days, I like, I get real sad about it. <laughs> but I mean, a lot of people that have like mental health struggles really, um, really can relate to that. I think as far as like jujitsu and martial arts goes. So I think that's one of the biggest reasons. And um, like, I love my job too. I, I actually just got a new job. Um, I, I still as a pharmacist, but um, it, it just as, as a, new, a new place, but I love that job. It just, it's a different passion that I have for martial arts, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's something that like, if I go a couple of days without doing it, I feel like I'm bummed about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I went, um, this is a good example. So I went on vacation with my parents this summer and we went to um, shoot. Like around South Point in one of the Carolinas, wherever oh, that nice. is. Yeah. But um, I stayed down there and I was like itching to do jujitsu somewhere. So I got a hold of um, the Brunson MMA down there. They let me come and train. Oh, yeah. Brunson. Yeah. Yeah. I went down there and trained for um, and made some connections and went to a couple classes. And my parents were like, can't you just take a day off? And I was like, I don't want to take a day off. I love this. This is what I do every day because I like it. <laughs> so that's I think that kind of sums it up a little bit, maybe. Yeah, that's a great that's a great summary. Derek Brunson, who's a UFC fighter, um, not only runs a gym, but he and I forget the name of it, but he just recently, pre-COVID, started an MMA. Um, I think it's called Battle at the Beach or something. It's right. Yeah, on they're still doing it. Yeah, oh, they're still there. doing it. Yeah, because yeah. I've interviewed some uh, fighters that flew down there or drove down there to fight for him, and so it's really exciting mm-hmm. that that it's a tie into to Derek Brunson. Um, uh, but, but anyhow, getting back to what you said about really loving it and needing it is I, I am a licensed professional mental health counselor. That's my day job. And so when you mentioned, uh, so when you mentioned the, um, the value of doing it, you know, for mental health is in, in the business, we call anything that's done for the purpose of mental health, a therapeutic lifestyle change. And the way we make that sound fun is we call it the TLCs, right? Just like tender, oh, loving care. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so counselor tells people pretty much, all day, every day, they, we want to show ourselves TLCs, you know, tender, loving care. But in doing that, um, what's really healthy for people is to figure out what is a therapeutic lifestyle change. And obviously, physical fitness can be a huge part of that. There's a bunch of different things um, that, that can fall into that. But it's anything that you do that has a benefit to who you are or how you feel. And obviously, MMA is a big part of that. But I encourage and that's where you get into things like art therapy or music therapy, or in this case, physical, like, like action art, um, you know, uh, acting something out. And so it's, I, I give everybody an encouragement that is trying to work on their mental health to recognize that it's very unlikely to fix or work on your mental health in a vacuum, right? If you were to just sit in a room and try to improve your mental health, um, it's really not going to happen. In fact, part of the counseling process, because you do just sit in a room and talk to a counselor, typically, <laughs> traditionally, um, is uh, something called behavioral activization, which is the idea that if, if counseling is going to be helpful, it has to kind of bring on or encourage some type of behavioral change, because without a therapeutic lifestyle change, it's probably not going to really 
you can create change. But anyhow, so shout out to you and everybody else. And if you're listening to this and you're not really thinking that, you know, doing martial arts will be helpful to you, then find something that is. There's so many things that can be helpful. And obviously it's great that martial arts is helpful to you. Talk a little bit about, since you already mentioned going down to Derek Brunson's gym, talk a little bit about the community, which I think is a huge deal, whether it's in AA or NA, if anybody's dealing with uh, addiction issues, you know, the anonymous groups are great. But one of the reasons why they're so helpful um, is because they give a sense of community. And I think gyms, training gyms, uh, BJJ gives such sense of community. So what's that like for you, where you're training and just in the sport in general? Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, that, I really do think that there's like a sense of community, not even just in my gym, but just in the entire specifically jujitsu community. Mm-hmm. I mean, the MMA community in a broader, in a broader term is is also kind of like that. But for some reason, jujitsu people, it's just like yeah. jujitsu people are always so welcoming and so nice. I feel like if I go uh, train striking somewhere else, there's always like a little bit of like some, somebody wants to be the alpha there. But Bravo, jiu-jitsu, yeah. 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 There's, there's a little bit more than striking for whatever reason. It, I mean, it just attracts that kind of person sometimes, but which is okay. That's fun too. But, <laughs> but as far as jujitsu uh, goes, I think that I don't know what it is about jujitsu that just makes people have some kind of a common ground. Like, I think it's, really cool that I can go to a jiu-jitsu gym in, uh, well, I mean, like down there in Myrtle Beach and know no one and just feel completely at home. And I also think it's cool that like, I don't know what any of those people do for a living. Like I have no clue, no idea. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, I mean, on the mat, it's all the same kind of, um, which is one of my favorite things about jujitsu just anywhere. It is. It really is. I think a lot of that, and, and you're right that there are certain styles of martial arts or types of martial arts that bring out certain types of people. Um, as, as a coach, I, I've seen that the cross country runners, which I don't really run for fun, but the cross country runners, they, they tend to bring out people that are more cerebral, um, kind yeah. of to challenge themselves. And I think that that's the same thing in jujitsu. I would call jujitsu yeah. sort of the cross country running. Cause you're really competing against yourself, even though you're competing against a person, the concept is, you're, you're doing chess moves and you're, it's not the whole concept of BJJ, as you know, is, is you don't have to be the bigger, stronger person. You can be more um, intellectual and more technically sound. So there's a lot out there. And I think the whole concept of jujitsu, um, whether it's in person or even training videos on YouTube or whatever it happens to be, is they want, they want people to learn, you know, it's really about trying to educate. So it's a beautiful, it's a, I think it's a beautiful environment. And I had a situation where I was running and, uh, MMA gym in Philly uh, for a couple of years. And I had a guy come in and um, I don't think he's ever going to watch this, but he was a dentist and we had no idea he was a dentist, you know, and he's, <laughs> he's rolling with this doing stuff. And he, he was a dentist. And and so uh, we ended up calling him Dr. Z because he was a doctor, but it's just funny that, you know, in a gym like that, you, you lose even things like that. You lose even mm-hmm. like the fact that somebody, and then we, we said it was good to have him in case in case sparring got a little bit too rough, you know, <laughs> we always said, oh, it's nice to have a dentist around. But, but anyhow, so yeah, that's cool. Now recap, when did you start training? Because I know you're you're still training in the Morgantown area or kind of what's your current training situation like and what's it been like for you as a person training up till now? Um, so I started in, it'll be five years in April. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's been five years, but yeah, it'll be five years in April. Uh, I started right before I graduated mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I've been down at Ground Zero in Morgantown for mm-hmm. most of that time. Um, I've been making some trips up to Spar in Pittsburgh lately, which has been fun. Um, that's where my new job is based out of too. So I 
I've had some excuses to go up there. Um, but yeah, it's, I can't believe that it's been five years, but in that time I've learned a lot of stuff and, um, our gym is just about to reopen fully. I think mm. we'll see. We've, um, we've stayed, we've had a, a couple people who have, are in like a quarantine group. So the, some of those nights have been blocked off, but I think they're about to start opening classes up again. Sorry if we are not doing that yet, guys. Yeah. If, if you're not officially doing it, you haven't heard it here. Um, because we, when, when I was doing interviews for two, four, seven, uh, their, their November fights, which ended up becoming closed completely, uh-huh. and just, uh, just video, uh, several people from the gorilla house gym out there, um, in Altoona, Pennsylvania, um, pointed out that they had done some underground training, you know, when they were closed. Yeah. So I know some of that stuff's going on and I think it is a, a sign of how much people really love, training that it's not yeah. just competing it's also it's also training um according to tapology your first mma fight was in 2018 so it's been two and a half years um it, it might feel longer than that it might feel shorter than that but what's it like if you would remember back to your first fight which was a win uh for you if you can remember back to that like how has everything been like nerve wise and just experience wise from there till now um uh, I still didn't get that nervous that first fight that I had. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just like being an athlete for a long time and have, having done like solo sports, like competing in gymnastics is not at all the same thing as this, <laughs> but it is something where you go out there and you're under the lights and you're all by yourself. And, mm-hmm. you know, I like did that when I was young and I think that that kind of helps, sure. but um, I was a little bit more nervous. I'm for this, spe- for this specific fight, I, I was more nervous to talk on the camera at the end than I was for the fight. I think I hate interviews at the end, but I love stuff like that because your adrenaline's all crazy. But, um, but yeah, I was really nervous before this one and before that first one. It's just like you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So that's where the nerves come in. Is that like you've never really been in there? You've never. It's different than sparring, and you know that it's going to be different than sparring, but you can't really. You don't have a concept of what that means yet. Mm-hmm. Like nobody has hit you. It, in the face with the intention of like, Oh, I'm going to hurt this person. Cause we're in a fight fight. Like we're fighting, fighting right now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I just, I think that like after your, you get your first fight under your belt, you can at least go into it knowing what you're getting yourself into. And I think that that will help with nerves. I actually had somebody that asked me, um, they were thinking about taking their first MMA fight. Like what, how did you get over your nerves for the first time? And I was like, well, you can do a few jujitsu tournaments and that might help. Maybe, um, I always tell people that that's a good idea if you get some jitters, but you're never going to feel, you're never going to know what to expect until you do it one time. Mm-hmm. Just how it is. So I yeah, guess that's yeah. probably the difference. Yeah, that's great advice. And it's also good advice because jujitsu tournaments, um, get people used to particularly people from team sports. I've seen people that are in team sports, even basketball, which is like a very small team sport. Um, they they kind of don't know what it's like to beat an individual where it's literally just you and the opponent. Um, and, I, and I do think as much as gymnastics is different than MMA, clearly, I do think that the individual aspect of it, the fact that it's very technical, the fact that it's very pressure heavy, um, and the fact that you do a lot of waiting. I think people aren't always yes. that that a fight is only six minutes long um, in Pennsylvania. And so you do hours of waiting going into that, where I think in, in most team sports, you do a lot of, uh, you're kind of out there. Like a basketball game can be an hour. A football game can be an hour. A volleyball game can be 50 minutes or whatever it is. And I think there's much more you get into it and then go. Whereas gymnastics, the actual amount of time you're competing in gymnastics is just a couple minutes, but you're there all day. 
Um, and I think that the mental game can really play a, play a part of it, you know? Um, and I think that's something that's good, but overall advice, since you brought up advice, what advice would you give to somebody who, um, is just starting out training really in any of the martial arts, would you say do martial arts in a certain order? And if so, what order would you say works best from your experience or kind of advice to the newbies? Um, I mean, I guess everybody kind of has their own, their own way to go about that. But the way that I did it, I, I came to the gym because I wanted to learn some Muay Thai because I was like, oh, that looks cool. I like kicking stuff. That sounds fun. And then somebody talked me into staying for jujitsu and it turns out I was probably better at jujitsu, <laughs> but jujitsu is frustrating to start out with. So, um, I feel like the learning curve for jujitsu is so much deeper at the beginning, because if you go into a striking class and you're a halfway athletic, you can kind of look like, you know what you're doing, sort of, as long as you just make the right movements and learn what a one, two is, you know, but, um, jujitsu it's, yeah, I just remember thinking for the first like six, six months to today, what am I even doing? Like, <laughs> yeah, I look too today, but I guess um, I would say just to stick with it, especially jujitsu, because um, once you figure out what you're doing, it's very rewarding. And I took about two months where I like after my first few classes, um, I didn't go back for a little bit until I got peer pressured by one of our black belts in the gym. Shout out to Sampy. And he was like, why aren't you coming back to jujitsu? So I like, I sat at home and thought about it and I was like, because I'm not good at it and it bothers me. So, uh, which is not the right attitude to have. <laughs> so, uh, I, I did, I was like, well, I'm going to go back. I want to take my stupid gi and I'm going to go to jujitsu for one month. And if I still hate it at the end of one month, I won't ever go back. And now I've been doing it for five years. So, <laughs> well, that's a great, uh, that's a great encouragement that one of the things I think that actually we were talking about a little bit ago that brings out sort of that kindness in jujitsu is I think there is a high level of humility in jujitsu practice. Um, and, and I'd certainly not say that that's not there in kickboxing or Muay Thai or boxing. I think it can be and should be if you're in a gym. I, I think a lot of times bravado comes out and it's not about humility. It's about trying to beat up the other person, which in training can become problematic. Um, but in jujitsu, I really think it is about humility. I, I remember some jujitsu gyms I've been in um, had the classic quote on the wall that said a black belt is a white belt that's tapped out 10,000 times or whatever, you know, that mm -hmm. the concept, which, which I think jujitsu does in a way that maybe others don't. Like you wouldn't say a champion is someone who got knocked out a thousand times. You'd say, you know, say that, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I think a part of jujitsu is that it, it's really about overcoming like you're going to get choked out to stuff when you're a beginner rear naked chokes and you're gonna be like well they get me a hundred percent of the time but then eventually your defense yeah. goes up it's just it's a nice process to see um with jujitsu and I, I think that's kind of a, a fun thing um so as we wrap up and i know we're still in pandemic question marks but what 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 kind of is going forward obviously you had this great win first TKO win on your career now three and one um, in your MMA career. It's pretty exciting stuff, but what what's forward, what's coming forward for you? Um, I want to stay active this whole year. I've got, uh, I'd like to fight three times before the year's over. We'll see if that happens. That was my goal last year. And I got three, I got four scheduled, <laughs> but none of them happened. So hopefully, hopefully we can do that. Um, I, if in between, I would like to do some jujitsu tournaments, um, yeah, I'm still a blue belt in jujitsu, so I'm working on getting my purple belt maybe one day. 
So uh, there are a few coming up. I know there's one in Cleveland on the sixth. I think that's next weekend. It's next weekend Ooh, that yeah. I might do. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, there's some in like Frederick, Maryland, and some that are kind of close that I would like to do. Um, I I would like to do maybe a super fight in jujitsu too if I can't get a fight scheduled. But yeah, um, I know Premier's having another show in April, so. I don't know if if they'd have somebody for me there or if something else presents itself before then or around then. I'd like to fight probably in two or three months. Well, it's always good. I'm healthy, you know, I didn't really get hurt in that. So I should have asked you, I guess, but it was like a 90 second fight, right? Minute and a half ish. Yeah, A little bit over a minute and a half. I think a little bit over a minute and a half. So it's a good thing you didn't get injured in a minute and a half. And um, it did look like, because I, I got to watch the clip that you had put online, it did look like the referee did a good job of yeah, I think he did knowing, yeah, yeah, knowing the fact that there was ground and pound. I wasn't sure if there was. It looked like your opponent was saved from the damage that she didn't really yeah. need to take. So, um, and that's a good thing as far as that goes. And hopefully she's recovered and it, it could be a steep yeah. learning curve, obviously. So um, I talked to our coach and she's, she's fine. So oh, good. That's yeah, she was back I, in the gym the next day. So that was cool. Oh, and you know what? Yeah. And one of the things is uh, you probably don't know the, the name Sean Santella, Shorty, Shorty Rock out of. Um, he's still, I think, the number one ranked male flyweight in the world that's not in the UFC or in Bellator, one of those. And he's been on the show a couple times. But his very first pro fight, he broke his arm. Um, and, and he was like, I think it was his first pro fight. might have been his amateur fight. I'd have to rewatch the interview with him. But anyhow, he was saying like that – you know, most people that, that would have walked away at that point because it was like his first fight. But he was like, oh, my goodness, let's do this more. So I do think it's a shout out to your opponent for, uh, you know, getting a loss, but still being like, hey, I still want to train because it's really about the passion. Um, yeah, you can't you, teach that, man. That you give into it. Absolutely. So thanks so much. We've loved having you on the show. And I, and I hope to have you on the show in the future. Keep us up to date and best wishes a belated happy birthday to you congratulations on your big (laughs) win and uh, i i hope good things happen in 2021 for you thank you i appreciate it